0: China is just a a wonderful place for ministry. The Chinese people are warm and delightful. Uh, There's a rich history of Christian commitment and and missions there, both part of missionaries and Chinese leaders, church leaders. And uh, as I look at the future, I look at it this way. You know, the 19th century was the century of Britain. The 20th century really was the American century. Most people today are saying the 21st century will be the century of China. And with that in mind, I, I, I believe that God has great things in store for the church in China. And so to be able to have a, a, a small part in what God is doing in this great country and, and the, the way that this is going to impact the future, well, I think it's a, a rich privilege to serve here, and so I would encourage you in that. Amen. Well, I just want to conclude with a, I'm going <clears> to <throat> read a song. This is an, an indigenous song. Uh, Lu Xiaoming is a famous songwriter. She's written over a thousand songs, and her, her songs are actually uh, sung even in uh, some three self-settings. But this is one of the songs that I, I really love. It's uh, it's called feng da yu da. It's we do not fear strong wind and rain. Uh, feng da is strong wind. Yu da strong rain. And uh, Lu Xiaoming, uh, her songs have a, a, a really earthy feel to them. She grew up in a village setting. The Holy Spirit uh, just uh, has uh, anointed her. And so her, the images she uses in her songs are really unique, but this song I I really love, and I'm not going to sing it. That would probably uh, uh, put an end, uh, certainly, to our our lecture, but I'm going to read the lyrics. This is the translation. It goes like this. We do not fear strong wind and rain, for the one with us is Jehovah. We do not fear strong wind and rain. For the one with us is greater than 10,000. We do not cast, we will not cast our nets in the narrow, shallow stream, nor will we cast our nets in the tranquil lake. Small trees survive violent winds and savage rain, they grow into tall trees that reach to heaven. I love that. We do not cast our nets in the narrow, shallow stream. We say, we're not going to just go to the easy places. And small trees, they survive violent winds. They grow into large trees that reach into heaven. That's a picture of the Chinese church. Lord, I pray for all of those who are a part of this class, who are listening to this uh, message. Lord, I just pray that you would uh, grant vision, that you would guide them. Lord, wherever you take them, Lord, we pray that that there would be a sense of your call, that there would be perseverance that would translate into longevity, that would translate into vision and and impacted relationships. Lord, that would translate into fruit. Lord, I I thank you for the people that you uh, are speaking to. And we, we ask that your hand would be mightily upon them. We thank you for the church in China, for your blessing on that. And Lord, we do pray for China. I think of the colleagues. I think of the brother that I spoke to earlier this morning. Lord, bless them richly, we pray. Strengthen them so that, that your work would go forward. Lord, we sense that you have your hand on the church in China and that the future is a rich, beautiful, impactful future. So we commit them to, the, to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Wow. What a, what a great video, encouraging video. You know, when I think of the world that we live in, I do think of some of the issues that our world faces. And we, I think, you know, God, what can I do? Well, when you support missions, that's one of our missionaries that we're supported. Thank you, Janet Carey, for always keeping us connected sharing that video from one of our missionaries that we support. So you have an impact in China. You are doing something. Remind yourself when you're watching the news and you feel hopeless, be encouraged, keep giving to missions. That is making a difference around the world. It's the greatest investment you'll ever make is investing into missions. So thank you for being faithful, not only to your tithes and offerings, but to your missions, pledges that you've made. If you've never made a missions pledge, it's the greatest thing you'll ever do. Just committing every week and giving and being a part of ministries around the world. You know, I have to just pause because he said something in there. I think it was, I was speaking with Josh Rogers. I was over at his farm. This was a couple of months ago, and we're talking about planting, and there's a lot of difficulties going on right now. Let me just pause and say this. I don't know in your circle, but there seems to be a lot of issues. I know uh, my wife, I don't know if has alluded, her mother literally almost died. So she might be watching online. We're grateful that she's watching online. Uh, We had there were some other people. Somebody's uh, at their business. A crate container fell on this guy that we know fell on his foot. They had to amputate that. We've had several deaths, uh, kind of in our in our circle of people. Just seems to be a lot of things going on. There's a lot of difficulty happening in our world. And with that being said, I just thought I would share this thought before it escapes me. Uh, when I was talking to Josh Rogers about planting, he said that you 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 need the wind. You, you need that wind to kind of push that plant, because when that plant gets that resistance, when that plant is, is getting that, what we would call maybe drama, it's actually getting stronger roots, and without that wind without that difficulty pushing that plant that plant will never grow strong And that's what uh, our missionary was sharing that poem that he shared from China that we're not afraid of the strong wind because the strong wind actually makes us strong. that's what fortifies our faith. that's what that's what takes our faith, puts it through the fire. What we were singing it's, it's those moments when we're going through the fire. No, we don't like it, but we keep our mind on the result of the fire. And the result of the fire is purity. It's strengthening. It is the be. It's the ability to make something. We know that you know if it's gold and you um, and you melt it down, then now you can create something. It's pliable. It's no longer hard. I can't work with gold when it's just that in the solid phase. But if I make it a liquid, then I can. Form something out of it, and that's the same in our life. When God takes us and He puts us through the fire, then He can form us, He can create in us His image and His goodness and His mercy. I know we don't like going through the fire. I don't like getting bad news. I don't like coming home on Friday night after spending wonderful time with my sister and, and her family, my wife and I, and my, niece, my, my sister's niece, my daughter. Uh, I enjoy spending time with her, but when I got home, I, my parents had just got home from uh, Wisconsin, and I heard their door closed, so I knew they were still up, and we're just live we we're, we're with them right now as our home is being built, and so uh, I, I knew they were still up, and I said, hello, and my mom comes out of her room, and I'm like, what is on my mom's face? And I got closer, she had fallen, we have, she has a new puppy, which Alexandra totally loves, but my mother, and we've, I've talked to her before about this because the dog's just everywhere. He's a little, I don't know what he is. He's, he's a little dog. that <laughs> just goes everywhere. And, uh, and so sure enough, he got going with my mom, spin, spun her around, and she fell face down on the sidewalk outside. She just has a big gash. And she might be watching. Sorry, Mom. But you're going to encourage somebody. As I share this story, your lips all big. I don't like seeing that. I don't like when life does that. Moms, you know that. You don't like when your kids are screaming because they are bleeding. We don't like that. But it's in those moments that if we trust the Lord, it's in those moments if we can just keep our eyes on Him, it's in those moments if we can declare, You're with me, Lord. You haven't left me. You're with me. You're going, you're going through this with me. He's going to bring us out. He's going to make us stronger. Embrace that wind. Embrace those difficulties in life. Well, this morning uh, kind of goes into my message a little bit, what I just shared. But I I wanted to share just a story uh, from John chapter 8 and talking about and thinking about today is July 4th, thinking about the freedom that we're celebrating, thinking about our 245th birthday as a nation. Thinking about all of those things, I couldn't help but think about the freedom we have in God. And so I want to share a story with you that I believe kind of gives us a good picture of the freedom we have, and a picture of what we don't have if we're not giving our life to Christ. So let me share this story with you. I'm sure you've heard this story before, but John chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, this is not necessarily a story about a disciple, so I am kind of veering from a normal path of going over a, a story about disciples. But I just this morning wanted to focus on this story with July 4th in mind. Verse 1 says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Think about that. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Wow. What a moment. What a moment for this woman. This woman, there's no doubt in her mind that she's going to die. When you are brought, from the moment the law of Moses was put into place to this moment here, if you were caught in the act of adultery, if you were heard about the act of adultery, there was no acquittal for you. There was no case for you. There was no witnesses that were going to save you. There was no evidence that was going to be kind of changed so that you could have got off the hook. You were going to face death. This woman knew as she stood in the front of the crowd before she was ever stoned, think about that. Think about those eyes that were looking at her. Now, this was a very, uh, this is a phrase that we use sometimes, but we call it legalism. And that just means people say, you've got to do this, this, and this to be saved. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. You just need to accept me to be saved. Now, when we accept Christ, of course, our lives change. But you don't, you don't need to talk a certain way to get to heaven. You don't even need to go to church to get to heaven. You need to accept Christ in your life. So that's what we call legalism when you say you've got to do this to be saved. And and so there was this legalistic spirit there. And so when they saw this woman, you better believe they were looking at her like, oh, look at this woman, disgusting. She is horrible. Ah, you know they were ridiculing her. You know she was hearing the sneers. You know she was not even, was hearing it, but she was Feeling it in front of the crowd, this woman knew she was going to die that day. She was going to face death, but I want to tell you something this morning, and I want you to stick with me this morning because I, I have to. I have to give us some harsh truths first. Okay, we're going to rejoice in God. We're going to rejoice in the freedom He's given to us, but sometimes, in order to rejoice, we got to remember. In order to get to a celebration, sometimes we've got to go through the fire. So just for a few moments, please bear with me. Because this woman, this woman is me. This woman is you. You and I are this woman. Every one of us, every one of us, there's not a single person in this planet or has ever walked this planet That is not this woman. Every one of us is this woman. Every one of us can be thrown to the judge just like this woman was. Every one of us could have, that could have happened to us. That could have happened to every one of us. And according to the Bible, every one of us deserved to be stoned to death. Now, it's a little bit of exaggeration, but it is a whole bunch of truth, too. I'm not trying just to exaggerate, uh, to be colorful. I'm telling you the truth. Every one of us has been condemned to die. We're guilty. We're guilty. There's no no amount of evidence. There's no case. There's no amount of lawyers. There's no amount of money that we can present to get us off the hook. Because when we stand before God, we are guilty. We are guilty this morning just like this woman. Let me read Romans 5, verse 12. says this, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. We have all sinned. We are all this woman. We cannot read this story and say, oh, you know, and and feel sympathetic, right? I know you guys are not careless people. I know you are kind people. So you can read this story and say, boy, wish I was there to hug that lady. And those are kind thoughts. But this goes beyond just wanting to hug this lady. We are this lady. That's us. We are condemned to die because all have sinned. And that is why this woman is dealing with the harshness of this world. As I've shared with you already, we, we live in a harsh world. And I tell you, let me remind you, if you speed they catch you, you're going to get a ticket. If you lie to your friends, guess what? Your friends will probably leave you and they'll find new friends. If you don't go to work on Monday or maybe Tuesday, eventually your boss is going to fire you. If you don't pay your taxes, they're going to come looking for you. Don't look for rewards when you're doing wrong. We live in a world that if you do wrong, you're going to pay the consequences. We live in a harsh world for that reason. Last night, uh, we, me and my mom, we were watching this, uh, it was a crime show on, on Hulu, and uh, they go through these severe cases, and this particular case was this young man who was driving, and another family, an, an older man and his uh, grandson were driving, and they met in the middle of and uh, they crashed, and the older man died. The young man was severely injured. He's still alive. The man who ran into him, uh, he he didn't have any. In- he went to the hospital. Was released that day, and so but he was uh, he was accused, and um, he was uh, what's uh, the word slipping me? But he received a, uh, the police said it was his fault, and so he had to go to court. He had to go to trial. And to go through those moments, you know, when you when something bad happens in this world, there's a price to pay. If you have an accident, and my point here is this, is I'm looking at this man, and I'll just tell you this, the the jury did not find him guilty. So of course I'm thinking, I'm looking at this man and he's saying it was an accident. And in my mind, you know, I'm pretty much believing that, but let's just go with that thought. If this was a true accident, he was still facing 20 years in prison. He had six kids, his wife, he lost his job because of this case. That's the world we live in, even if you have an accident. And sometimes, yeah, the the accident is foolishness on us. Like, obviously, they were trying to say he was on his cell phone. Okay, well, if he was... You know that's not good. That's a bad thing. But nonetheless, you're going to face you're going to you're going to be punished. This is the world we live in. When we do something wrong, we are severely punished. And this is the, the world we live in is an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Don't expect to be rewarded for doing Wrong. that's that's the reason why today we are celebrating because the 13 American colonies they felt the harshness of the world they felt the they felt like they were being treated unfairly they weren't being represented in governing bodies they felt like they needed their own freedom and not only did our country fight for their freedom but countries around the world are Fighting for their freedom. Why are people fighting? Because sin has brought oppression to our world. We have to fight for our rights. We had, as a country, we fought for those rights. People around the world are fighting for their rights because we live in a harsh world. Let me just quickly, I'm almost done with this part, but let me just tell you we are in bondage, and let me just share just two simple thoughts. We are in bondage, number one, for this reason. Uh, We can say this sometimes. I choose to do what I want, no matter what the consequences. I choose to do what I want, no matter what the consequences. Now, some people call that freedom. And that's not. Choosing to do what you want is your free will, but that's actually bondage. And this is the message that we need to somehow proclaim in love to our country. Now, I'm not about arguing with people. I'm about telling people about Jesus. Okay? That's, that's my calling. Now, when they accept Christ into their life, yes, I'm going to disciple them. I'm going to say, yeah, you know, God wants you to work on this area of life. Yes, God wants you to work in that area. But I'm not going to tell people, work on this area to get to Jesus. That's called legalism. So this world out there, we just need to love them and, and tell them about Jesus, and we need to be God's love. But this is the message that we need to have in our heart ready to give people. And it's this message of doing what you want is not true freedom. Again, we we've, I mentioned this already, you know, you can go 100 miles per hour down a freeway when it's raining. You can do that. You have free will to do that. And you can care less if there's anybody next to you. And you can swerve, but the person next to you is going to suffer those consequences. Do you know today, I'm sure none of you here shoplifted. I do know of one guy who did, but he was a kid. I'm not going to say any names. Because his story is good with me, so I would never ever. I'm sure most of you have never shoplifted before. But guess what? You pay for shoplifting. You know that, right? The prices at the store are because people are shoplifting, and so you pay for it. We live in a harsh world. We live in a world when you think I can do what I want without the consequences. No, 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 no. That's not freedom. That's bondage, and you're making me pay for it. Quit shoplifting. I was at Costco the other day, and I'm thinking, okay, we're buying a new house. I'm looking at security cameras. Why? Because people want to do what they want, to what they want. I want to, I want to take something from home. I want to take that. I, I have the free will. Well, guess what? That's, that's not freedom. That is bondage in our life. Now, these. let me share just a, another kind of form of bondage that these men in the story represent. The, these men represented... Another four, because these religious leaders, you see, they weren't rejecting God. Let me just clarify again. That first attitude are people who, they reject God. I don't care what God says. I don't care what God's word says. I'm going to do what I want. I'm on this earth for me. I'm out for me. I don't care who I hurt. And maybe, you know, most people aren't literally saying that, but their actions actually communicate that. And so we've got to be careful. So that first that first attitude is an ungodly attitude. This second attitude actually can be found in us. And it's this attitude, I choose my way over God's truth. And these men show it. These religious leaders, that they had the audacity to think, look at this woman. Get her. Get her. Jesus. <clears throat> We're supposed to stone her. What do you say? And I'm sure they had stones in hand. I'm sure they had stones in hand ready. The audacity of these men to think they never did anything wrong, to think they had the right to, to uh, punish her. Now, you might say, well, yeah, according to Moses' law, they did. But these men were not following Moses' law with their heart. They were following with their head. They weren't interested in obeying Moses. They were interested, the Word of God says, in trapping Jesus. They weren't trying to honor God. They were trying to hurt somebody that they had disdain for. We don't like this woman. Look at this woman. Look what she's done. She's ruining our our society with her actions. What do you say, Jesus? And it's this attitude that these men had let me share this quick parable. You don't, I, I know the guys upstairs don't have these verses, but they're from Luke 18. Jesus tells this parable really quick. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I, I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his chest and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. What's your attitude? What's your mentality? What's your thought process? I pray we never, ever, ever act like those religious leaders. Act like that Pharisee. Oh, God, in church today. You've got to give me a good day today. God, I've, I've paid my tithe. You've got to take care of me. It's those people out there. They deserve those consequences. They deserve that life. It's the humility that we need. And it's that attitude that says, I choose my way over God's way. God's way is a way of mercy. It's a way of love. And I need to tell you today that we all need we all need to be set free. We are all that woman, so here we go. Let me just paint the picture, and I want you to put yourself there. I've been in trouble before. I don't know if you, I've been to the principal's office, I think, once or twice. Uh, My parents, they they spanked us. I remember those moments, getting spanked. Um, Okay, I'll tell this one story that comes to mind. So this one time, uh, me and my brother and sister, we... uh, We were going to Vacation Bible School, but we didn't take the bus home. We decided to walk home. We decided on our own to do what we wanted to do. So when my dad, who was waiting for a couple of hours for us, finds out what we did, he took us to his room. And the kindness of my dad says, well, I'm going to spank the oldest son. So my dad spanks my my older brother first. He gets to my sister. She's the next. He spanks her. And he gets to me, and I'm already crying. (laughs) I'm in tears. And my dad, he... He begins to laugh because it kind of caught him off guard. Like, I've already done my work. I didn't even have to spank him. He tells me that story. Anyways, all right. Feel sorry for me later. I've been in that moment before where you're like, oh, you know, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You've been there before, haven't you? I've been there before. I'm in trouble. I deserve what's coming. I'm in trouble. This woman knew she was going to be stoned that day. She knew her life was going to be taken, not a spanking, not detention, not a ticket. Her life was going to be horribly taken from her. Just think about rocks being thrown at you. Maybe it hits you in the leg first. Maybe it hits you in in the kidneys first. Soft areas of your body first before it hits you in the head. And even at that, you're feeling the pain of being, I mean, it's just a horrible death. This woman knew that she was going to face death. We are all guilty. But can I tell you, Romans chapter 6, verse 6 says this, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we also live with him. Think about this moment. Here she is and she's she's on her on her deathbed. She's on she's on, walking the mile. She's right there. She's the next one up. And people begin to walk away. And I love how these details come out. The Bible says the older ones began to walk away first. Why did the older ones walk away? Cuz they they knew they'd messed up. They they lived life long enough to know, oh yeah, I've messed up before. I can't do it. The younger ones, right, you remember when you were younger like I'm perfect. I've never messed up. I'm not going to be like my mom. I'm not going to be like my dad. So it took them a little bit to figure it out, like, all right, you're right. I've messed up too. Jesus stands up and he says, where are your accusers? And it's a kind of a cute moment, but think about that moment. Where are the people who are going to stone you to death? Where are the people who are going to throw those rocks at you? Where are they? They're all gone, Lord do I condemn you. Who was the one person who could throw a stone? Jesus. He had every right to stone her. And he says, I don't condemn you. And I want to tell you today, just put yourself in that moment today. Whatever you've done wrong, I want to tell you by the word of God, as a servant of the Lord, I want to tell you you are forgiven. I want to tell you your mistake has been washed by the blood of Jesus. I want to tell you today God doesn't remember it. I'm going to tell you today that if you accept his forgiveness, you're going to stand in his presence and he won't condemn you. He won't remind you. He's not going to bring it up. He never will. He's going to keep telling you, I love you. I care for you. I died for you. Ah, where are your accusers? There's nobody to be found. Neither do I condemn you. Hallelujah, this morning that he has forgiven us. He 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 has got us off death row. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Yes, yes, yes. I know some of you are quiet, but think about being let off the hook. Think about this this morning that you've been forgiven. Think about it. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We never will earn it. I will never earn it. I can preach every day of the week for the rest of my life and still will not earn God's forgiveness for the things I've done wrong. And Jesus says, you don't have to preach every day of the week to do that. I died already for you. He's delivered us. Let me, let me share with you this morning. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 says, So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave us our sins. He has showered His kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. 1 Timothy 2, verse 5 says, there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. I love John eight thirty two and verse 36 says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Hallelujah. When you accept Jesus into your life, guess what? You're standing next to Jesus, and he says, you can't throw a stone at my child. You can't condemn him. You can't condemn her. You can't bring it up. I've forgiven them already. You can't throw it in their face anymore. And I know people will, but you just tell them, I'm sorry. God Almighty has forgiven me. You might bring it up, but he never will. He has forgiven me. I just want to remind you that you're free in Jesus. You've been released. You've been exonerated. I don't know what else to tell you to get excited, but you are blessed. And I don't deserve it, and I, I love you enough to say to you, you don't deserve it either. But God has given it to us. God has blessed us. I remember, um, uh, well, let me share this this verse with you, Galatians 5, one more. Galatians five thirteen says, "'For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters.'" But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. I have to share this story with Jose. It's a young man I was working with in in the streets of Chicago. And his father was a drug dealer. His father served time in prison. And Jose began to go down that path, joined a gang, doing drugs. He was down going down that path. Until he found Jesus Christ. Until he gave his life to God. Until he allowed that blood of Jesus to cleanse him and purify him. And Hosea gave his life to God and God forgave Hosea of his sins and washed him, cleansed them and purified him. And now he's not doing time in prison, but he's doing his time in church. And he has a young boy named Lucas. who's five years old. And he brings Lucas to church with him. And now Lucas... Lucas is learning about the Bible. Lucas is learning about truth. Lucas is learning about a better way of life. Lucas is learning you don't have to go through life making mistakes to feel God's presence. You can just accept God's presence. And glory be to God that Lucas doesn't have to suffer. And I want to tell you today that Hosea is using his freedom to serve. So should we. I want to encourage you today. Band, you can come on up. I want to encourage you today. Let's use our freedom to serve. Let's use our freedom to rejoice in God. You've been forgiven. Can we forgive others? Yes, we can. We can forgive others. We've been forgiven. Can we be merciful? Yes, we can. God's been merciful to us. Can we overlook people's shortcomings? Yes, we can. Yeah, we're going to help them. We're not going to just be a, a doormat, but we're going to initially forgive them and love them and care for them. We're going to use our freedom Serve others. That is what makes America great. Is people who turn their lives to God and say, Lord, I've been forgiven. I've been given much. I want to give much. I want to I want to share this love. That's why believers in Christ should be the happiest people on the planet. That's why we should be joyful all the time, even when we're in the fire, because we know our death sentence has been taken care of. We know today, no matter what happens, God has forgiven us. And we know this earth will pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away. But there is a place being uh, prepared for us that where Jesus is, we will be also. And we will rejoice in the freedom we have. Would you stand this morning? We're going to just be grateful for God's presence. Lord, I pray that you will move upon us. Move, Holy Spirit. May we, may we recognize the freedom we have. How can we act so so obtuse about your, your grace? How can we just casually talk about, oh, God's forgiven me of my sins. God, I just get excited about and grateful of how much you have forgiven me. And I'm thankful you'll never bring up my sins to me. I'm grateful you'll never remind me of my wrongdoing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you. Thank you, Jesus.